and welcome to Heavy Matters. Um, it is Venny joining you without my compadre Joey on the regular show for, for the first time. Before I introduce Heavy Matters Fletch and Tony, I just wanted to say a couple of words about Joey. He's having a hard-earned couple of weeks off Heavy Matters and do you know, just at this point, whilst he's not here, it gives me a bit of an opportunity to compliment him. He's really worked tirelessly to get Heavy Matters off the ground. His energy, his talent, his passion, it's what sums up what what Heavy Matters is all about and why we do it. Do you know, he says it a few times, but we don't get paid to do this. We just do it for the love of the music. And he really encapsulates that. He does everything from not only the reviewing that you hear, but a lot of the stuff behind the scenes, producing the podcast, mixing, doing the social media, interacting with the PR company. So he's 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 such an important part of this and he's sorely missed. And, you know, we'll look forward to having him back on the show um, before long. So without further ado, we'll get on with the show. Um, I'm joined by Fletch. How are you, mate? Yeah, all good. Thanks for having me on again. Not at all. And Tony, you okay? How's sunny Norfolk? Yeah, it's lovely. I'm trying not to melt in this um, heat wave we're having, but um, yeah, yeah, all good. Good stuff, guys. Um, so we've got some great albums to review on the show. They've been kind of coming thick and fast lately, and I as well, as they say, when the cats are away, the mice will play. So these are basically three albums that I've been really interested in reviewing, and I'm, I'm dying to hear what you guys think about them. First of all, we're going to start off with Ithaca and They Fear Us. Um, so this is the London-based post-hardcore mob. The album was released on the 29th of July on Hassle Records, and it's the follow-up to 2019's Language of Injury. Uh, I'll throw to each of you one at a time. Um, Fletch, any relationship with Ithaca? Um, yeah, I, I, I did like the first the first record when it when it came out. So I thought thought it was really good and a lot of lot of potential. So was really anticipating this 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 record this way. Because that that really got me excited. That first one, so I've been looking forward to this one. Yeah, Tony, what about yourself? Uh, yeah, um, I remember when um, uh, the language, what language of injury? I think was the first one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's it, yeah. Came out. Um, I reviewed it for uh, another site I was writing for at the time. Um, yeah, and I really loved it. I'm pretty sure it was in my top twenty of that year as well. Um, but yeah. Um, been looking forward to this one um and yeah no spoilers yet but it's not disappointed tony i can see that smile on your <laughs> face take it take us away to tell tell the people what you made of they fear us and how is it different to the last album well i think the last album i enjoyed it so much because it really reminded me of um a sort of time sort of in the mid sort of noughties um when um, bands like you had sort of early architects, sort of sort of nightmares era, sort of really early when they were uh, pretty technical and um, you know a lot different to what they are now. Um, and there was bands like Johnny Truett and stuff in the UK as well, and Beecher and those sort of bands. They really reminded me of that sort of um, in at the deep end records sort of time, um, which I really loved back then. Um, 
uh, and I think there's still a lot of that in this record, but there's so much more that I've done. I mean, the versatility on this album is, is through the roof, even compared to the last album, I think. Um, pretty much from all angles as well, I think. Uh, the, the vocals are just, they're just, they're just insane, the way, the, the versatility. Um, um, that's one aspect, but I mean, the songwriting as well, I mean, this goes all over the place, doesn't it? In, <laughs> in terms of uh, songwriting scope. So, um, yeah, they've really stepped up in a big way on the, on this album and it's, um, it's, it's exciting. Yeah, it's something that on the interview with Katara Sam that we talked about a little bit of, do you know, the burgeoning UK scene at the moment really is exciting and we've got loads of great bands um, you're employed to serve your conjurers you know we talk about the same bands a lot you've got your Svalbards a lot of the the kind of ex-holy raw alumni so to speak and what we said was you know is really exciting a lot of the bands don't sound anything like each other but you can tell they're all British and it's something that's a little bit hard to put your finger on, but what is it, Tony, that kind of makes you kind of pins Ithaca down as being part of that British scene with that kind of throwback to the, the mid-noughties, like you say? I don't know. It's really hard. As you say, it's really hard to put your finger on. I think the biggest compliment I can pay this album is when I was sort of, I was listening back to it and sort of making notes and stuff. I was sort of thinking, who can I compare this to? And I couldn't think of anyone. I mean, there's bits, if you, you take certain sections of like the heavy sections and the, the not so heavy sections, there's certain bands that you can point to. I mean, Rolo Tomasi was kind of one I thought maybe there's um, a bit of a resemblance to an, on occasion, but at the same time, not really. Uh, <laughs> I find it really hard to find anyone that I could sort of slot this alongside and say yeah this sounds a bit like that so I think that is really the best thing that this album has going for it it's it's so difficult to point towards anyone else who's doing this in the scene at the moment which as you say you can say about a lot of bands in the UK at the moment um but yeah actually pinpointing that sort of British British sound is I don't know I'm kind of at a loss to explain why the why these these bands and these albums you, you just know they're sort of from the british scene at the moment so yeah it's it's really difficult maybe someone yeah. with a better, ear, a better ear than me can explain yeah no better. i mean I, I i agree with you i agree fletch i think you share similar opinions to me on this record take us away on your thoughts yeah it's as as, as tony said it's the versatility and i think it's one of the the main part you've got parts it's crushingly heavy at times it's it's like just beautiful uplifting parts to it as well especially with the vocals um it's it's, it's it, can, it does it all over like nine tracks and i think when you say like there's not anyone specifically you can pinpoint it down to i think that's one thing that i love about this record and this band is just that they're unapologetically themselves it's just it's everything like they just put everything they have in it and there's just and it's such a mix, isn't it? There's like there's metalcore, there's bits of black gaze in there. You've even got maybe a touch of industrial in there. This is a little bit of everything, but it's it's not like 
haphazard. It, it, it's all sorts of crafted really well. So it's got all these elements, but they don't feel like they just mesh together. They feel really natural, like like it's part of them and their sound. There's like yeah. um, sorry, go ahead, mate. No, it's just to say, as like as well as them elements, like you've got like the guitar parts on it. You've got loads of mathy style riffs, and and I think the vocals, like like Tony said, are one of the best parts about it, especially on some of the some of the tracks. I think it's on the opening track as well. You've got like the harsh vocals underpin underpinning like some of the cleaner, like more soaring vocals together, and it, it just really adds like different elements to it. Yeah, I, I mean, I basically agree with everything you guys say. I, I mean, I really liked the last album, Language of Injury, but I I didn't feel it was wildly groundbreaking at the time. I thought it was really high quality at what it was. But I think what this is such a huge quantum leap forward because of what you guys, you guys have both said, versatility. They're bringing so much more into the mix on this album and like you say sometimes when bands do that it can feel a bit you know like paints flicked up against the wall whereas this all really is quite cohesive and all works i think that comes down to the quality of the songwriting and likewise kind of in parallel to that i think jamila's vocal again on that first album i thought you know it's a really good harsh kind of hardcore vocal but on this it just it goes in so many different places she's got that really harsh vocal but she's got like a more ethereal like Ava Spence like you say type vocal but even more than that it's almost like a soulful and it's something that I said when I was interviewing Sam was it's almost like a poppy late 80s pop yacht rock kind of certainly on that on the last track which i absolutely love held be held it just is an incredible track and i just think i said uh, i mean i've said this before but i think when the metal community at large hears that track it's going to blow some minds i think people are going to absolutely love that track yeah um if we hear a better song by a uk band this year i'll be very surprised i mean it's just amazing. I mean, it's it's sort of it's stadium ready, sort of. <laughs> I mean, it's got bits of soul in it, and it's uh, as we say, it's a bit it's a bit poppy, but yeah, it's just. I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, that song is that's the one you'd point to to say, look, this band are doing a uh, they're doing big things. But yeah, yeah. The, the the only thing that gets me about this album is that track six is called Number Five. <laughs> antagonistic for sure yeah. yeah but yeah i mean i i i think this album like you guys have said is nine tracks but it's strong all the way through there's no real drop off and then as you get to the end of the album i think you know the last few tracks are some of the best tracks on the album so i just think front to back it's really strong it's a huge step up and i i'm just delighted for them because as I say, there is a glimmer of potential there. And I think they've just smashed it on this. Um, they really have. Any other, anything else anyone wanted to jump in and say before we go to uh, a few scores? Um, 
I mean, I could sit here all day, really, and sort of point out little bits in the album that's brilliant. But, yeah, I just think um, I can't wait for it to come out, really, and see what people have to say about it. Because, yeah, I think it's going to it's gonna do big things for them. Um, looking forward to, to being online and on social media on, on the 29th when it comes out and just seeing everyone just going, going crazy for it like they should. Yeah, great stuff. It's great stuff. And the other thing is kind of to bring it back to that UK theme produced by Lewis Johns, who's rapidly becoming the de rigueur producer of all the UK's best bands. I mean, he's worked a lot with Radio Tomasi. I just think the production job on this perfectly fits. And I think he brings the filthy guitar tone. It's almost, it's so low pitch that guitar tone it's almost like not loose's guitar tone which i absolutely love as well but it's also got that etherealness uh room to breathe at points you know with that etherealness as well as the kind of that 80s soul like you said tony to do you know i think it's a great production job that only strengthens a really good set of songs yeah it's yeah. funny you say not loose because I've got them written down here in my notes. So we must have uh, picked up on something. Yeah, it's that super it's, filthy yeah. guitar tone that I just, I'm a sucker for. Right, scores. Um, Fletch, hit us. Oh, um, I'm, I'm going to go, and this is the first time I've ever given this, but I'm going to give it a 10. If this is my album of the year so far. <laughs> I, 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 I keep going back to you it. You won't be allowed day. back on it. the pod. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's but, amazing. I'm delighted. I'm delighted to that. Yeah, this is the this is my favourite album I've had so far this year and I keep going back to it. That's great. That is, that is amazing. And, and, and that's, so the first time, that. that's the first time I've ever given that score. <laughs> really, including in all your written reviews? Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Tony... I'm going to go a nine on this one. Um, not that I can point to why I've sort of taken a point off, really, but um, <laughs> but yeah, um, a nine's a pretty good score, isn't it? I mean, you can't. It's not bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's yeah. Not bad. But yeah, it's definitely worthy of that. And um, yeah, maybe the next one will be a be a ten for me, but we'll see. Yeah, I've I've also got a nine as well, and it is actually one of my favorite albums that i've heard this year and, and when you say i can't think of something to take a point off for it makes me feel now that i can be a bit harsh but yeah i just think it's one of the best albums rollo tomasi are one of my all-time favorite bands and i think the album they released earlier in the year was incredible but i think do you know ithaca about rollo tomasi rollo tomasi i just i think it's a Great album, and yeah, like you like you said, Fletch. I just can't wait to see the reaction because I, it's such a perfect summer record, and I think people are just going to go mental for it. Yeah, definitely. Maybe the point off could be I could have done with a little bit more. Oh, controversial! Maybe, I, I mean, maybe maybe another track or two. Maybe I. I mean, I'm always a fan of uh, quite short, punchy albums that yeah, don't overstay. So am I, but... so. I'm kind of grasping at straws. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Nine is a is a, a mighty fine score. Okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. So the next album we're going to review is from a Ukrainian band 
called White Ward. It's their album First Light. It was released a little while ago now, just around a month ago on the Murray Morty Records. Um, but despite being out for a while, it's captured the imagination, I think, we're all agreed on uh, of the online community. It's a follow-up to Love Exchange Failure from 2019 and a difficult band to describe, but kind of post-black metal, black jazz progressiveness. Difficult one to put your finger on, but Fletch, give us a whirl and see, see what you can see how you do. Yeah, I mean, this is a... This was an unusual one, wasn't it? Um, I wasn't familiar with them. I, d- I didn't hear the last album when it came out. I've, I've heard really good things about it since, but I've not really delved back yet. But this album, I, I thought it was really good. I'm really, really fussy with black metal, really. So, And I'm not the biggest prog fan, but this has just got so many different elements. There's even bits that sound a bit like 80s pop vocals sometimes in it. and like the darker side of that that pop stuff, and it just it had so much going on, um, and I think everyone at the moment, everyone loves a saxophone. It's like the the instrument of the moment, isn't it? In in metal, everyone everyone loves it. I think so. Hearing that, and it wasn't just like a one off, was it? It was throughout <laughs> so much of the record, but I enjoyed it every time it came in. So I wasn't. I saw I saw a lot of people talking about this album before I listened to it. And had a lot of good things, so I was like, okay, then let's 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 see what everyone's everyone's talking about. And no, I thought I thought it was really really good. To a bit longer than the than the Ithaca one, isn't it? Is it just about an hour or so? Is it just over? Yeah, just but, over, I think. But I mean, I didn't I didn't get bored of it. It had so many different elements to to keep you sort of entertained that I I had a great time with it. I've been back to it quite a few times as well. Yeah, I mean, did you find it a tough listen in any way? Um, I didn't. I didn't find it that tough. I mean, it's not my usual sort of thing, so it was a bit. I guess just set, settling in, acclimatizing to it was. Uh, yeah, like I think that was the, the the tough bit. But once I'd sort of sat with it and sort of got immersed in it, I just sort of sort of washed over me really, especially with all the. I said all the different instruments, the sax coming in. So I, I, I thought it was really, really impressive. Tony, White Ward, thoughts? Yeah. Um, yeah, like Fletch, I, I was, wasn't familiar with the band at all before this. Um, so, yeah, I just went in completely blind. Um, I'm normally into this sort of thing. I did struggle with this initially uh, a little bit. Um and I can't really put my finger on why, um, but subsequent listens, yeah, it's definitely getting better and better um, each time I go back to it. Um, I think my favourite bits as well are the bits that kind of have no connection to black metal, um, which, um, and there's there's quite a bit of that, I think. There's a song called Salt, uh, Salt Paradise as well, uh, which is kind of, um, it doesn't really have any black metal elements in it at all. And, as Chris said as well, there's a lot of there's bits of synth pop and there's like piano led kind of stuff as well. And um, yeah, when you think about it, sort of paradoxically, a sort of avant-garde black metal band kind of maybe should be doing things that aren't very black metal. Um, so yeah, um, 
yeah, that I appreciated. Um, I didn't find it as hard work as sort of your Imperial Triumphants or your them sort of bands who kind of get lumped in with the same thing, sort of Oranzi Pazuzu, I think, get mentioned as well. Same sort of thing. I think just because the black metal elements are kind of a bit more traditional, straight down the line. Um, not that they're not completely like furious when, when they go into black metal mode, it's proper. Uh, it's proper yeah. violent stuff. Um, but yeah, um, I did enjoy it once I kind of let it sink in. It takes, I think it does take a while, um, this record. There's a lot to get your teeth into. Um, and again, as Chris said, um, the horns on it, the saxophones. You can't be a bit of saxophone, can you? I mean, that's becoming the, uh, I think nearly every metal album sort of released from now on is going gonna, gonna to have a saxophone in it at some point. Um, it's quite an evocative sound as well. I mean, when the first track came in, um, it, sort of, it reminded me of Nile for some reason. Um, and I don't really know why, because it doesn't sound anything like them, but sort of when, when Nile sort of bring in that sort of traditional Egyptian sort of instrumentation, it sort of, it can take you back to, or, or take you away to sort of that sort of era that they're trying to evoke. And yeah, something about, something about the horns on that, on that record did that for me. Um, I think it's called Leviathan, isn't it, the first song? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's a, definitely a lot here um, to explore. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, on the point of the saxophones, I think I've, I've tracked White Ward since Futility Report came out. And that, that, going back a few albums, that was really in the early days of them. And that, they were a bit more straight down the line in black metal. But what I'd say is they've always had that sax and that black jazz kind of element. So whilst it is becoming so popular, and like you say, there's basically a sax on every metal album these guys have been doing this for a while. So I, I would definitely allow, allow them that one. But I, I mean, their last album, Love Exchange Failure, I really liked. And it, it is similar to, to this album, but it was a lot more kind of industrial. It, the, the album cover, which I think really works for this album, but the last album cover was this kind of cityscape and much like the band Voices really was that kind of cinema noir, really evocative of a dark underbelly of a city, really quite dark and pensive. And um, yeah, in a way, I I find this kind of black metal a lot more terrifying than anyone who's parading around in spikes and corpse paint. I just think it's it goes much closer to the bone. And I think they've what they've done compared to the last album is just stretched a lot of those things out. So you still have that really cinematic scope with it. The songs are, you know, we're talking about 13-minute songs on this. It's a long album, like Fletch says. So I think what they've done is taken a few of those ideas and really kind of stretch them out. And it is very it's a very ambitious album, I think, for, do you know, these guys are not a black metal band, are they? They are so much more than that. They bring in that jazz element. They bring in a lot of extreme metal styles like post-metal, death metal even. So there's, there's a 
definitely a lot going on um, with this album. And yeah, like you say, I think they brought in that kind of late 80s post-punk styling of some of the vocals for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, really kind of... I, I mean, I the reason I asked the question earlier, I think I find these kinds of records quite hard to digest because they're really long. Each song's really long. They're really broad in scope. There's so much to kind of take in. And it, it, a bit like Imperial Triumphant, but maybe not as extreme. Um, yeah, there's just such a huge canvas. So, yeah, I, I mean, I really like this Um but yeah, was was really impressed with the ambition of the band. Fletch, are you happy with the length? Was it too long or? No, I think because it, it can't. Albums are an hour. I think they've got to have, you know, they've got to have a reason to keep you there that long. And I do think they do. Did you go into enough different different directions and cover enough different styles and terrains to to sort of make it worthwhile so i can see why it's hard as well when it's an album that you get a lot more out with repeat listens so for an album like that to also be quite a long one it's asking a lot obviously to, to spend enough time with it but i think it is worth it this album especially if you, if you do give it the time then it's, it's definitely one that that will grow on you so I didn't have a problem with the length really in the end. No, I think that I think you're right in that there's it's progressive enough to probably justify that length. Tony, we're seeing a lot of hype for this online. In your mind, is it justified of all that hype? Um, yeah, I think it does. I mean, um, I don't want to say there's a lot of this stuff going on because it. it it kind of does feel that way, but I mean, when you think about it, there really isn't. I mean, uh, the bands that sort of do this this sort of thing do tend to get hyped, and you think it tends to look like there's a lot of a lot of it going on when really there isn't, because it's something that people don't really hear a lot of, and it's sort of um, a lot of people sort of um, will sort of highlight this sort of thing because um because it's something a bit different um but yeah i think again it's it's gonna take a while for people to really get their teeth into this and sort of um and sort of it's going to reveal sort of how it's going to stick with people um sort of going forward but um yeah i do i do think it's definitely worthy of people's time and something that um, that something that's going to stick with people if they just give it give it the time it needs. I think. Yeah, yeah. Tony, why don't you take us away then with your final review and scores, mate? Uh, I'll go with an eight on this one. Um, as I say, I struggled initially, but yeah, there's so much going on that, as I say, people just need to give it the time it needs, and. Um, and um, yeah, they, they're going to find something that they like in it. Um, so yeah, I'll go with an eight on this one and um, I'll say stick with it. It's a grower, <laughs> not a shower. Yeah. Fletch, another 10 out of 10 for you, mate? <laughs> no, not this time. I'll give it a strong, <laughs> strong eight. 
for me, this one. Nice. Like like Tony said, it's it's the, it is it is definitely a grower, but there is there is a lot going on and there's a lot to get stuck into and it is worth sticking with. And yeah, I'm in, I'm impressed and I'm interested to go back and see what else they've they've got now. Like I said this was my first like foray with them, so I'm gonna go back and have a look at some of their other records. Yeah, um, me too, 8 out of 10. Um, it really is just a monumental achievement, this record. And I'm almost, it's one of the, I don't know if you guys ever get this, but it's one of those records that I'm in awe of. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be my favourite record that I'll just keep putting back on. It's one of those records I think you need to be in a certain mindset to listen to. And I just think it's an incredible achievement, but I don't think it's going to be my favourite record of the year, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I loved the last record. And for you guys, if you are interested, going back, I loved Love Exchange for, uh, Failure. And I think for me, um, that's just a slightly more succinct kind of slightly slimmed down toned down and muscular version of what they've done on this record this this one i think they've as i say stretched things out but for my palette i really like that last album and the really dark undertone conjured so yeah go for sure i'd recommend going back on that great last album and we're going to review uh, Coheed and Cambria, Faxis 2, to give it its full title, A Window of the Waking Mind. Uh, again, released a few weeks ago, 24th of uh, June, on Road Around the Records, as a follow-up to Faxis 1, uh, Unheavily Creatures, which was released uh, four years ago, 2018, uh, from the high sci-fi concept post-progressive emo band. Tony, what's your relationship with Co-heaps. I've got a feeling you might like them. Um, I do. Um, I probably class myself as a casual fan, um, probably more casual than what they deserve because I've definitely liked everything I've heard from them. Um, but yeah, um, I've never kept up with sort of the um, the story arc and the sort of the law surrounding Coheed and Cambria, um, which I don't think matters at all because I don't think you need to know anything about that to like their albums um but yeah i'm I, yeah i'm definitely a fan um uh, i think it was it's good a good apollo is the one that everyone sort of speaks about as the as the classic um i really like uh, the color before the sun as well uh, which was i can't remember what year it came out 2014 15 maybe yeah, um exactly. yeah that was a good one um and I definitely think they're at their best when they're sort of concentrating on being a straight up rock band, um, which is why I like this album. But um, more on that Good in a minute. <laughs> Good to hear. What about you, Fletch? Have you got a relationship with Coheed? Are you in on their story arc and know everything? Not, not at there all. Is to know about, um, I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> so have you not, listened to them at all much before no not really they're just one of them bands that just always passed me by it saw all the long album titles and heard about all the lore and i've just thought well, one day but <laughs> i've never yeah I've, I've never dived in the only one that i have listened to properly and really spent time with is the one that tony mentioned um the color before the sun which is like the 
sort of more poppy one that they did. Yeah. And I really like that record, especially especially in the summer, like 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 we're in now. I think it's perfect for that. So one thing that I did like going into this one, there was a lot this the the some of the choruses on this before going into it in more detail it reminded me of that and the, the, the things that I did like about that record. So I'm not really in on like I said other lore. I haven't really gone in to any of their albums, but uh, yeah, I enjoy. I enjoyed what what I had heard before. I had liked, so I was, I was intrigued to to give them a give this one a listen. Yeah, I mean, I think Coheed are a bit like that. I think they've definitely got their really super diehard fans who, you know, read all the graphic novels and go to the Comic Con conventions and whatnot. But I also think a lot of people just don't really check them out and get a little bit put off by that and I also think that Claudio has one of those voices that I think is a bit marmite for people and certainly might put people off if you just heard it very briefly without necessarily giving the music a a bit more of a chance is that fair to say Fletch of someone who's not really on board yeah, I mean, I can the, like the vocals have never been an issue for me, but I can definitely see that point. It is, it, it is certainly he's got a unique voice, hasn't he? So I can see why that would sort of could be a bit polarizing, but definitely in terms of just the amount of stuff on the lore and all that, I think it can be a bit, a bit off button. I think, I think that is fair to say. Yeah, I mean, I think like Tony says, you. Don't, I mean, I'm quite a big Coheed fan, but I've never really get, gone in on that side. And I don't think it really detracts from listening to the albums at all. And in a way, sometimes I wonder, like some of the lyrics, I wonder how they ever really fit into the story anyway. They seem so like real world kind of scenarios that the lyrics are talking about. I wonder how it really fits into the story anyway. Tony, thoughts on Vaxxas 2? Oh, it's just it's just straight bangers, isn't it, from start to finish, pretty much. Um, yeah, I mean, the first the first five or six songs, I think, are just it's just this is melodies all over this record, and it's just um, yeah. I mean, they're sort of known as sort of a prog rock band, but I mean, it takes a while on this album at least for there to be sort of anything resembling prog. I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, there's certain songs I could pick out. I mean, there's a song called Disappearing Act, which sort of sounds like a dance song to me. I mean, I could imagine like The Weeknd or something maybe singing that song. Uh, and the same with um, Bad Man as well, straight out of the 80s, 80s pop banger. Um, but yeah, they've really, I mean, there's, there's things that I've not sort of heard the band do, like I've just said to sort of dance, dancey sort of songs and um but yeah, I mean, it's just from what I've, from what the listeners I've given this album, I mean, it's just a sort of fun, summary sort of album until you get to the last few tracks, which kind of go uh, a bit more proggy and dramatic. But even then, the melodies are just massive. I mean, uh, they never lose that throughout the whole album, I don't think. Um, but yeah, this is, um, as I say, I think this is where Coheed are at the best when they're just writing huge choruses big fun rock songs 
Yeah, I think they certainly, um, they are a progressive band, but I really like it when progressive bands who have all that technicality can really condense it down into really catchy songs. I think that can be some of the best music that you'll hear. Like, I really like it when Tesseract do that. I really like it. The last Stephen Wilson solo record is a great example of when someone who's a, do you know, a highfalutin technical mastermind can just really distill things down to their base elements and make really poppy, catchy songs. I think that can be some of the best music around. And, and I think Coheed are really good at doing that. I think this album follows quite a familiar structure. If you know their albums at all, they often follow the structure. Like for me, the first few tracks are pretty familiar and lead quite on familiar territory from the last album then like you said you get to this midsection of the album it's like a euro pop like walking into a, a disco in berlin or something and then like you say it does get a bit more progressive as is their one um towards the end towards the end of the album so in a way that's a pretty familiar course for their, a lot of their albums but like you say i think they've gone quite XL on the pop, certainly in the middle. And they use things like that the vocoder effect on Claudio's vocals a few times on some of the tracks um, in that middle section, which again, I think could be like Marmite for certain people. I think if Joey heard that, he might have something to say about it. But I, I for one, you know, I think Claudio's already got a unique and interesting and incredible voice as it is. And, you know, adding that effect on for one or two tracks doesn't really offend me. It's an interesting move, but um, I don't think they need to do that in the future, um, put it that way. Um, bangers, Fletch? Yeah, there's bangers. Um, I think when it first started as well, I was like, oh, no could end up with another another high score or something here. and Because when the first few songs came in, um, Beautiful Losers and Comatose, and it's just it's just big choruses. And it's just, I think it helps with the weather that we've had as well. It's just perfect for that. It's just been, it was really, really good. I mean, I think for me, it, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't stick at that level for the whole thing. I, I did, especially with the, the proggy bit towards the end, I did feel myself waning a bit because it's, it is what, 50, 50 odd minutes isn't it this one so it's it's not the longest album but I think after the, the sort of like you said the condensed sort of hooky choruses and the sort of poppy ones earlier on when it when it did get to the the, the longer proggy ones a bit I, I did feel myself waning a little bit at first but with more time I've I've appreciated them once more but it is it is the the poppy bangers that I, I do feel myself wanting to. That's go back what to. you're there for. That's what I'm here for. I think that's why <laughs> that the color before the sun was the one I liked for this because it's you've got the, 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 the similar sort of thing. But yeah, I was I was really impressed with it, and it, as I said, it, it didn't stick at the at level for the whole way for me. But I didn't I did enjoy it, and I am going to keep going back to it. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think we're talking about the window of the waking mind, which is the final track, and it is a longer, proggier track. And they are normally really good at doing that 
kind of thing, but I just don't think they execute it. That I don't think that's the best example of it, to be honest. And I do think that leads it to drop off a little bit. I mean, some of my favourite tracks on the album, I think it starts off really well, Beautiful Losers into Comatose. I love those two tracks. And I really like um, Rise uh, Latishna, Cut the Chord. I think that's really good. Um, but I, don't, I mean, part of it is, I think one thing that makes me really love Coheed is that I think Claudio became a dad, a similar type to me. And a lot of his lyrics are clearly written about his son. And for me, like, as we've gone through similar stages of fatherhood together, a lot of that really chimes with me. And that's what will always mean that Kohi have a really special place in my heart. And, and there's definitely elements of that on this album, in, in particular, that track um, is clearly a lot about his son. So, yeah, re really... Do you know, that will always be a little connection that I'll have with the band. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll stop rabbiting on about uh, <laughs> about that. T Tony, standout tracks for you? I've <clears throat> uh, got a shout out, um, Shoulders. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big old riff on that, which is a sort of a classic rock sort of riff, but produced kind of like like the big old modern sort of rock bands we get today is maybe um, Royal Blood or something like that. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a big one that. Um, Liars Club as well. Big emo banger again. Big old chorus on that. Um, yeah, and the one you mentioned as well, I've got to try and say the name again, haven't I? Um, yeah, you do a better job than me, mate. Rise Nyanasha. Rise Nyanasha. Something like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's one of the more, when it's sort of the back end of the album, it's getting a little bit more proggier. But again, the chorus on it, just huge. So yeah, I could just list all the other, all the other, pretty much all the songs and say, yeah, big chorus. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah, leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, I like this one. Fletch, anything to add? Um, yeah, I think it, it started really strong for me. Beautiful Losers, Comatose, and they said the, the riff on shoulders. But like you just mentioned, I think the chorus on Liars Club just know, just makes me want to just, just run around. It's just, it's just such a, it's such a big chorus. It just makes makes you want to just get involved. Just it's just perfect for for what they're going for. I think that 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 one is nailed it on that one. I'm going to ask you guys a question about whether, so this is something that we've talked about on the show before, and it's something that certainly Joey feels very strongly about, is whether, or something that he does not do, which is to listen to singles ahead of album releases. And I'll ask you each in turn, but for me, I've listened, I was like, oh great, it's a new Coheed, and I, I really caned the singles a lot. And sometimes that's just drop down my enjoyment of the album as a whole a little bit and it definitely has in this case and it makes me be like oh I shouldn't have became those singles so much I would much rather have heard them in the context of the whole piece and I think I'd love those songs even more uh Tony singles before records yes or no um I don't really have a strict code of conduct on this I know I know a lot of people do um <laughs> but um most of the time, I don't really listen to singles unless it's a band that I really, really like. And then I'll uh, 
I'll sort of dip in as a bit of a um, bit of a taster of what's to come. But um, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't seem to affect my enjoyment of albums. Um, sometimes it'll, it'll it'll work better in the in the context of the album, like like it's probably supposed to. But um, yeah, it doesn't really bother me either way a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, I do know a lot of people um, feel very strongly about this. So yeah, yeah we'll I don't know what it is for me. Like whether when you hear the singles, when you've heard them a lot of times. Do you know they jut out on an album whereas if you're hearing an album fresh for the first time you're exposed to all those songs equally as it were and so none of them in particular you're more or less familiar with so you get to kind of sample everything in one go but and so i think that's i i'm not a zealot about it like joey but i i do think that's slightly impacted on my enjoyment of this album fletch are you a zealot um, no, not really. I, I'm happy to listen to the first single. Usually, when usually get the album announcement and a single, don't you drop it at the same time? So I, I'm always happy to listen to one, and then any more than that, it depends. It depends on the band. If it's one of my favorite bands, it's something excited about them. I'm, I, I might not be able to contain myself, but usually one or one or two is is plenty. Any more than that, and I do think it, it can start impact in it because there's been occasions now, I know over the last few years it's it's been out of bands hands a bit the albums some albums have been pushed back because of COVID so they've had to keep momentum going and people have released more singles than usual and so it's been about out of everyone's control but I do think that can impact the, the enjoyment when there's been some occasions where you've had bands where practically half the album's been released as singles so it's just it's not it just, it just takes away from the excitement i think of it in in that in that instance because you, you already know half of what you're going to hear yeah i it's, i don't know if it's a spotify streaming thing but i definitely have seen a few albums that have really been drip fed like not just the old school release of three best tracks as singles but literally of an eight track LP, they release five of them, and then you just think of the other three tracks as you know the poor relations to the to the singles that have already been released. So I don't know if it is a a conscious thing to do with streaming or whatever else, but um, but yeah, interesting anyway. I'll, I'll um, you both hit it up um the first score, so I'll I'll stick my head on the the chopping block for this one. Um, I've gone seven out of ten, and yeah, Coheed, one of my favourite bands. This is a very solid Coheed record. Definitely not my favourite. Probably um, very middling in terms of their back catalogue, but I think they're really good at what they do. I think they're really creative, and probably that little back-end wobble in the album drops it down for an eight um, to a seven for me. Tony? Yeah, I'll go and eight again. Um, yeah, the um, the last few tracks, um, yeah, I didn't mind, so wasn't really an issue for me. Um, I'm curious to see how long it will sort of stick. Um, I don't know if with repeated listens it might fall away a bit, um, but yeah, at the moment, yeah, I'm still enjoying it, and um, yeah, yeah, I'll go an eight. Match. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with a seven as well, purely because, like you said, it's not really. It's not really my sort of thing. That I've not really gone in on them much, but the the, the strength of the choruses and 
it's a lot of fun. So I think that's I really enjoyed that bit. And then, like you said, the the back end, I did feel myself, you know, like weighing in a bit. So I think for me personally, that that would have dropped it down from an eight personally. So I'm I'll I'll join on the seven. Yeah, I think if you want to hear Kohi do prog well, there are better examples of that. And we've mentioned um, uh, for Good Apollo, Burning Star. I think that is, if, if you want to hear them do prog well, that is the go-to. Um, if you want to hear them do really poppy songs, well, you both mentioned Colour Before the Sun. But um, yeah. yeah, I think that, that's a, that I like you. Um, love that album so so yeah good good coheed good good set of albums lads yeah i mean i will say the coheed one i'm, I'm i may end up loving it more if we have just keep listening to, to it over the summer i might end up revising upwards but i don't know it depends i'll see how, like tony said we'll see how, how it sticks good stuff yeah. well tony fletch thank you for joining me on heavy matters podcasts and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next time on the show yeah thanks for having us yeah thank you